Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we ransack the hell out of our favorite TV show, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the eighth episode in the series, The Break-In. Oh, man. (laughs) It's a pretty literal title. (laughs) I never watched this episode. It's so weird. Um, (laughs) It's it's, to contrast with the, the last one, we just talked about the competition, and it's pretty light i mean it's not it doesn't it it doesn't cover any like super super heady themes and this one is is very i mean it's really kind of funny but it's also very heady themes and and odd yeah it's really layered too because um obviously you think it's just about getting robbed which i feel like similar to organ donation oddly is a pretty common theme for an episode in an 80s sitcom (laughs) but there's a lot more to this that makes it much heavier and um i think much darker really um so i just want to really quick open and say that they're coming back from a madonna concert in the beginning (laughs) which is Like, just take that for what you want. Like, what? It makes no sense, and it's great. And it's just, like, did they throw that in to be relevant to the 80s? I have no idea. Name Madonna doesn't really suit her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She did stuff in that stage that I've never done with my husband. Um, um, so they're coming back from this Madonna concert, and right away, um, Sophia looks a little bit ragged she the girls are sort of off on the chemistry and it's what we were talking about a few episodes ago where um it's clearly sort of filmed out of order because mm-hmm. in the last one at the bowling one they're you know totally different they have much better chemistry their characters are, are better dressed for their characters um you can see a lot of sort of regression in this one. Oh yeah and this is also um as we also mentioned in the previous episode um the one director that really is, you know, kind of off uh, his game um, where, you know, they, he was basically fired this, this guy, Paul Bogart, where he was being super serious and had these crazy zooms and it just didn't strike the right chord for this particular uh, sitcom. So it's, it is filmed by him. He's the director again. It really, really shows there's a super weird dolly zoom on Sophia. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really strange. Um, yeah. So they come in from the concert, their house has been quote unquote ransacked, but there's like <laughs> a cushion on the ground. And like, I guess you deduce that a, a robber has been there, but <laughs> could use some it's work. really yeah the tossed house is just too much like the paintings are askew like i guess let's look for a safe in the miami household on the wall i guess but yeah like you said it's just like one couch cushion everything is just like just so like it is not a true ransacking <laughs> to represent a robbery but it's amazing so they go in and all the girls are sort of like you know dealing with processing this and they all kind of go to where their priorities are, right? So Blanche immediately goes to the kitchen to look for her jewelry, which is in the freezer or maybe in the flower. Um, she's got all these these places for her jewelry. Um, and she <laughs> she comes back with the flower on her. She goes, they got my jewels. And Dorothy goes, but I see they didn't get your cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oddly, there's two drug references in this one. Um Two drug references. Yeah. So Blanche comes out. She's covered in flour. Sophia comes out of her room and says they stole all our clothes, which is, of course, just a ploy to get new clothes. <laughs> they, they laugh at Rose, um, who says they were probably looking for drugs, <laughs> um, which is fascinating because this is actually 
probably one of the top reasons that a home would be robbed or I'm sorry, burglarized today. Uh, not robbed, if I'm going to use the proper parlance. But <laughs> like this is before the prescription opioid epidemic, and like who you know, because Dorothy says we have Maalox and estrogen. Like, and it's <laughs> it gets a huge laugh, right? It's like why would these old ladies have drugs? And it's like, well, in present day these old ladies would have the drugs that everyone was looking for, to be honest. Yeah, no, totally. It's, it really is like, you know, I mean, it's dated for a number of reasons, but that, that line like really struck me. It's like the audience is like, Oh oh my gosh. And you're like, no, not really. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the future guys. (laughs) And also same sort of path. Um, Dorothy, you know, they're sort of like lamenting on like why it could have happened to them. And you know, what was, what did they do wrong? And Rose has this, bizarre very in line with her character idea that it happened because they weren't they don't have a man in the house um and Dorothy sort of uh and maybe her first sort of um moment as a politically aware person says it has to do with a faulty lock and massive unemployment and especially you know looking at the economy of the 80s thanks Reagan um (laughs) that's true And, and you know I think that it's it it certainly has, um, you know, it carries through to today, but um, it, it's really, it's great. And I love, obviously, I love Dorothy's involvement with politics, but, um, you know, it's. And especially as a counter to Rose's comment, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like you could really boil it down and have it be, you know, Rose is just like, oh, this is the surface level thing. This is what you know, society tells you it has to be this. It's the facade of safety. And Dorothy is saying, no, 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 no. Here's the actual systemic reason that this is actually happening to you. Like she digs deeper. It's like of so much in politics today, right? Where you just have to actually really think about why something is and not just take it at the surface value. So I, I love that exchange. Yeah, it's, it's great. So so they got Blanche's du- jewels. They got Dorothy's mink stole. <laughs> Give him Which- sand. I know, which later, I think it's in the first episode of the second season, she's like, Stan never got me a stole. And you're like, girl, we just had this. Oh, yeah. Where they, <laughs> they have a totally rational idea of breeding minks in their garage. We'll get there. Oh, I can't wait crazy. to talk about it. We'll get there. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll get there. So everybody's kind of dealing it with it in their own ways and sort of in the ways I think you would expect them. Sophia's kind of unaffected. Um, she... Like, you know, she's using it in a way to get Dorothy to buy her new clothes. Dorothy's really focused on, like, logically solving what they can do going forward and, and you know, figuring out what to do involving the police. Lance is just so hung up in her jewels and her stuff, and she's, you know, so materialistic. And then Rose, who I think is, you know, obviously the focus of this episode is really mentally um, thrown off. Like, she's traumatized. Yeah. She's shook. Yeah, Absolutely. And it's it's interesting, too, of like they're painting the, like you said, what each of them are concerned about, right? And then Dorothy is like the, not only with that political line, of course, but like, you know, she does the dirty Harry thing. and like she, <laughs> Go ahead, make her day. <laughs> she also like, I, the, the audience really laughs at like when she says like, you know, 375 Magnum or something. And I was like, did she misquote <laughs> a name of a gun? And then I kind of started researching it and then I gave up. Um, but... <laughs> But no, it's, uh, you know, she's the strong one, right? Like, and it's like Rose has the, as we've talked about before, where Rose is almost the most nervous, where she has sort of the most to lose if, you know, this band, quote unquote, is broken up. 
Um, it, you can see it here. And obviously there's an earlier filmed episode that's really playing on the same idea where she's the most unsure of herself being on her own. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So, so basically, you know, they're, they're left to deal with this um, and sort of on the, the one side of the logical way to go, they, um, they call a guy from like an alarm company and <laughs> it's another one of these like sort of bizarre interactions that I feel like they often have with people who come to their homes to do some repair or work. Um, and he's like <laughs> sitting on the couch with them and he's trying to like really use fear to upsell them to a more expensive package and it's working on, I would say Blanche and Rose. Um, and then, you know, finally Dorothy just like draws a line and is like, we're not buying from you. We're buying from your competitor because he's just trying to scare them into, into spending more money. He uh, he also says, um, well, first of all, he's such a nerd. The salesman <laughs> is amazing. Um, but And Dorothy's like such a boss when she throws him out. It's really, it's fantastic. Um, again, going back to the systemic thing. She knows he's using fear. Like it's, it's really, she can see right through him. Um, where he talks about how, you know, statistically, like they're likely to get robbed. And Rose is like, oh, my gosh, in addition to this, like, I read that one in three people will get cancer. So that, you know, like she's like doing this ridiculous, <laughs> inordinate math that doesn't actually work in real life. Um, but what is interesting is that B. Arthur of the three of them, of course, uh, she, she died mm-hmm. of cancer. Like one in three who has passed away has died of cancer. So it's just kind of a, a fascinating little like, you know, nugget that happens. There. Yeah. Um, also, there is... This is a little fun fact here, too, because I've always wondered where, you know, the, when you watch the opening credits, they're all cold from clips of the first season and actually just only a handful of episodes like these earlier filmed episodes. There is a deleted scene from that scene in the opening credits because they're talking on the couch with nerdy salesmen. Right. And you can tell because of like the, the out- outfits that they're wearing and like Blanche puts her hand into her sleeve like she might be telling a story about cutting a hand off or like so i mean who knows she's she's very big on corporal punishment <laughs> yeah i'm one, sure that's so. what it is because later she tells it she wants him to be publicly beheaded with no trial which is like very big daddy once he learned a little bit more about big daddy it's like of course that's what she thinks of somebody who maybe might have robbed her house <laughs> seriously it's it's really like they go back uh the south like regresses like at least two generations back from when they're supposed <laughs> to be <laughs> representing here but you know um we're yankees anyway so that's how we were raised <laughs> in the south but um but yeah but there's it's just so funny i've always watched the opening credits being like well, which one is that one from because i of course can uh, i could recite exactly what each of the other ones are including the dialogue that they mouth but um but in that one it i never recalled it and it's because it's a deleted scene you never actually get to see what that was but it made it into the opening credits some somehow. that is a fun fact um yeah, yeah. you're welcome <laughs> Okay, so they're all sort of dealing with it. And Rose is continuing to sort of display behavior that indicates that she's more affected maybe than some of the other women. And, um, you know, like I mentioned before, she has this crazy idea that like, it wouldn't have happened if there was a man in the house. And she's like, I was never once robbed or murdered while I was with Charles. And then of course, Sophia (laughs) comes back and is like, I'm surprised she wasn't murdered by Charles. (laughs) Oh my god! And they say Charles mm-hmm. so much; it's wild. You're like, it's, it's Charlie, Charlie, you guys. They they have like, <laughs> but like, not only is it Charlie, they literally say Charles like four times in that scene. It's hysterical. 
<laughs> and Rose is from Lily Falls. That's what she says. It's like, get out of here. It's great. So, yeah, total promo. <laughs> so, yeah, so we kind of, you know, see that Rose is, is kind of losing it a little bit. And um, we're all kind of forced to confront it. Actually, because Blanche goes to the police station and is trying to do her typical Blanche thing and, you know, like look sexy and flirt when she gets in there. So she takes Rose's pocket hairspray um, and she maces herself, what she thinks is pocket hairspray. And then, you know, the girls are they have to sort of like basically intervention Rose. Um, But in even a bigger reveal, Rose pulls a gun out of like a little brown bag that you would get from Bloomingdale's. (laughs) Literally a paper shopping bag, which... Wait for it. Has yarn in it. <laughs> yeah, like a fudge, like fudge you would like get from the boardwalk. Is... is tied up real nice. <laughs> it's, it's totally is a fudge souvenir <laughs> bag. Oh, it's incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, this. For, oh, by the way, she runs in and she says, like, she sees a swarthy man with a weapon outside. <laughs> And as she's like carrying her paper bag of fudge yarn and gun, and, and like, but she comes and she leaves the door open. It's like so stupid. Like they leave the door open for like the the episode of like you know so Dorothy can like not waste the two seconds to open it to see that it's the gardener <laughs> and trimming the hedges. But like, come on, guys. Anyway, I feel like they do a better job of like the actual how people would act in real life. They're really not. You know, they haven't ironed out these. No, definitely yet. not. So, so Rose gets a gun, and then we have this, um, again, Dorothy sort of going back to the liberal, you know, I, I'm really, really here for Dorothy in this one, and she's like, I cannot live in a house with a gun. Um, and it's so yeah, bizarre exactly. that Rose, I mean, you know, we could do a whole episode on gun control right now if we wanted to, but Rose <laughs> just goes to the store and decides to buy a gun, this woman who's never, like, <laughs> she's from a farm! <laughs> seriously and it's like she didn't shoot the animals that you know when they were eating them or anything like that wasn't her job and she's so nervous yeah it's just it, it, it's interesting and like you know blanche is like yeah you you kill yeah. kids you know like you, you <laughs> come on like give me a break and again dorothy is the only person making a big deal of it and i actually noted it too because I remember, again, like I said in the beginning, I never watched this episode because it's so bizarre and because I personally feel very strongly against having a gun in my house, for for instance, or letting someone like Rose Nyland <laughs> own one uh, or buy it at a fudgeable, uh, you know, or a fudge-making shop. Mate. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. I just went on my, uh, my vacation. Um, but it's just, I... I wanted to note that someone here is being the voice of reason and not just a voice of reason of like oh maybe that's not a good idea like adamant against it and thank god dorothy my favorite is is the one that she says i cannot like she does this very very intense acting that is warranted. yeah yeah and i think that it is um it's a very realistic reaction um and i think that also speaking of good acting Betty White is really good at actually seeming traumatized when she has the breakdown, when she's sort of sobbing on the couch, but also just like her paranoia. I feel like it is Mm -hmm. definitely relatable. If it, you know, like I feel like it is absolutely what you would feel like if your space was violated that way. And if your safety was violated that Mm -hmm. way. And especially if you have lived so many decades thinking you were safe because you had a husband, which obviously I'm not endorsing that thought, but I do think that that's, very present yeah that's a that's a reality for many people and even many young women and the fact that she's older i mean there's there's so much going on there in terms of uh yeah being 
violated in your home and and then feeling that you could have like a personal violation as we see later in the in the parking garage scene what is that scene um, also which but also it's like a coconut <laughs> on a wood block like what the footsteps are absolutely out of control like they had a pa do that hands down there was no actual sound effects person anywhere remotely close to that scene it's hysterical also like no one the parking attendant doesn't wear sneakers like get out of here <laughs> like it's so I think that might just actually we might have discovered the real reason I don't really watch it because it's like I can't take that I know. scene seriously <laughs> um it's so ridiculous but um no but it's like even today right to introduce the idea of like so many men are completely oblivious about like oh why wouldn't a woman want to walk in a dark parking garage by themselves you know I mean there's such a good implication here about women's safety and older women's safety that you know regardless of whether or not they have a man around them or not like they're still vulnerable and they can still feel vulnerable in ways that that men or even younger women can't so I just it's it's the sitcom playing with this really powerful message. And even though it's done weirdly with the coconut halves, like in, um, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's still, a, it's still, you know, a very, very heavy subject. And then of course, when, you know, the gun goes off, and of course, Lester. more ridiculous. <laughs> I'd rather and there's Lester. that, that vase that Blanche is so upset about. And Sophia's like picking it up oh and she's God. hiding the pieces. Cause she hates him. It's just a really <laughs> yeah. bizarre scene. <laughs> It's really, but it's pretty funny. It's just like, yeah. oh, I love that <laughs> of course. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just, it's funny because I think they're playing with Blanche's materialisticness, you know, like all this, you know, just like, oh, I love it. It's my antique puzzle. And of course, they, they mention it like earlier in the episode. So you really know it's important. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure it shows up as set dressing in a later episode anyway. Uh, but um yeah it's it is just hysterical um but you know rose comes out on top she she needs him right <laughs> in the safe deposit box which is such a great euphemism uh and i i want to know like how long they took to come up with that in the writer's room yeah so i think yeah and, it, and you um touched on this too but it's really nice a nice moment when rose is like you know i'm not helpless i can take care of myself while still acknowledging that they are vulnerable because they're human um sort of the overarching message of the show is that older women are not helpless and you don't have to baby them um and it's it's in a little box here and obviously there are some weird parts to it um but it really does hammer at home um despite the sort of like very odd circumstances under which we're (laughs) showed that reality (laughs) and you're right she actually doesn't it's not this beautiful rainbows ending of like oh and this one time i need this guy (laughs) in the crotch and now i'm healed like she doesn't she doesn't play it like that. It's not written that way. It's very realistic, like you said. I'm, we're still vulnerable, but we're not helpless. Um, but yeah, it's like it's not quite handled as with the the amount of gravity that it needs to be. Um, although they they do go to a oh right a psychologist um, or a psychiatrist, and there's like a weird line. <laughs> the only thing I really like noted of that was uh, Sophia goes, "I was just thrilled to be out of there. He had two dead fish in his tank." <laughs> Like as a marker of his like so state weird. Of mind or something. <laughs> it's just really funny. <laughs> just a couple 
lines yeah. were like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it, it really wraps up nicely. We, um, you know, we find out that Blanche's jewels were never stolen, um, but they stole Dorothy's stole and they can't replace it because they don't make it anymore. <laughs> you know, Blanche never misses a subtle change. Exactly. Um, but we have to talk about of the course. Scrabble game before we end this because so Dorothy and Sophia are playing Scrabble. Oh, yes. And it's, it is a scene that makes me laugh before I watch it, when I watch it. And actually today, totally out of context, I just thought of it and I started laughing. Um, and they're playing Scrabble and Sophia <laughs> plays Dizdam. And we've already seen in the Jean episode, I guess the Jean Rummy episode, Sophia's not cheating, but she's just sort of like a master at games. And you kind of assume she's doing something a little shady. Um, but so she plays the word oh, yeah. Dizdam in Scrabble. And Dorothy, an English teacher, <laughs> is like, that's not a word. And <laughs> Sophia, you know they kind of go back and forth and Sophia's like sort of slam dunk is you're no good at this damn game. And it's it, like, I just will think about it anytime. And I laugh out loud. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. It's so good. And she tries to say that the robbers stole the dictionary. Cause she knows that's like Dorothy's proof and ace in the hole. It's great. And as you said, actually she does, there is a character trait that's building here of Sophia, like slightly cheating in board <laughs> games and card games. Which is like a perfect like little old lady thing. Like I can get away with it because I'm old and cute. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> it's fantastic. But yeah, this damn game, so good. Well, are we done with this damn episode? Yeah, I think so. What have we got next time? <laughs> All right. All right. Join us next time when we discuss whether eating macrobiotics and watercress salads is worth getting to bang a young dude. Take care. <laughs>